Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, but before we start, I want to thank uh, Sound Transit's uh, Office of Civil Rights, uh, uh, Equity and Inclusion, uh, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services uh, Department, uh, the Port of Seattle's uh, Diversity Contracting Office, and the SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. They own the African Lounge and Mountain Room Bar uh, on Concourse A at SeaTac. They must have been did made a pretty good haul this past week. We're having uh, Thanksgiving and everything. But I want to start off with Tana Yasu. She's uh, the treasurer of the Seattle Martin Luther King Organizing Coalition. And I put King County in there because we're the only municipality in the country, in uh, the world, as far as I know, this name for Martin Luther King Jr. So, Tana, we know that you guys, we've been meeting. And uh, if you want to give an update now on where things are about the workshops, the rally, uh, John Glenn from uh, WorkSource is going to provide an update on the Opportunity Fair a little later in the program. So, Ms. Tana, go right ahead. She also did an outstanding job when we had the 60th anniversary of the August 28th, March, 1963 March on Washington, D.C. for Jobs and Freedom. And as everybody knows, a year after that, we got the Civil Rights Act of 64. Two years after that, we got the Voting Rights Act of 65. And uh, all those are being challenged right now by folks of the extreme right, very white. But anyway, that's what's happening. But they do have a Clarence Thomas on their side as well. So, uh, Tyler, why don't you go ahead and give us an update on what's going on? Wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here on this platform once again and representing Seattle Martin Luther King County <laughs> Organizing Coalition for the uh, yearly uh, celebration of Dr. King's birthday and his legacy. So I'll just put the website out there first and uh, give you all an update where we are with the planning of the 2024 March and Rally. Uh, our website is seattlemlkcoalition.org. And we are taking donations now. We know so many people are excited to um, uh, participate and support this event. Um, now in the 41st year, if I'm um, not mistaken. So we are taking donations via PayPal, PayPal online on the website there. Um, and our fiscal sponsor is the Seattle Metropolitan Urban League. So we are planning our 2024 March and Rally, which will take place on January 15th, um, which also includes our career opportunity fair, which Mr. Ross said uh, there will be our uh, point of contact will be uh, on the show to talk more about that. But we do have the opportunity fair and uh, workshops um, starting usually on that morning. This year, the theme is Dr. King's Dream Unfinished. Um, and we have some awesome young folks, which I will speak on them in, in a moment here also uh, pretty soon, but um, they, the awesome young interns that have taken on the, the youth leadership position, and they actually have um, programming that goes on the day before. So on the 14th, look out for more information um, of their programming. They will be doing on that Sunday, which will be held at the McKinney Center uh, for Community um, Economic for Community and Economic Development. Um, that's the youth program, but. So, yeah, we are in our 41st year. It's the longest running, largest Dr. King commemorative event on the West Coast, as far as I know. And it, it could be uh, maybe maybe Atlanta might outdo us. Um, but uh, 
We want to also remind the people, which Mr. Rye already did, that uh, King County is the only county in the USA with Dr. King's name and likeness, which is also endorsed by the children of Dr. King. So we didn't just do this um, disrespectfully, that um, we do have that historic connection. And that's why it's always been um, a very exciting time for the community to come out and celebrate Dr. King and his legacy and to continue um, with his work. So um, anything else I might have forgot? Um, I well, think I'll I just give a little background, Tana. Uh, the, our first march was in 1983, and that first march was the protest. It was held on a Saturday, January 15th. The march was led by uh, the late uh, Seattle City Council member Sam Smith, and it had to do with the, changing the name of the street that started in 1980. And... Uh, and that there was a lot of uh, turmoil, demonstrations, protests, because a certain group of people didn't want the name to, uh, to be changed. But a guy, uh, the late uh, George Benson, who owned uh, the pharmacy on 19th and Aloha, was also on the city council. And uh, uh, actually, Mayor Charles Royer and some other folks wanted to cut the street off uh, where it intersect with Rainier. But Sam Smith and George Benson said, name of a half a street to a great man is a half an honor. So that didn't happen. And then uh, the staff guy for transportation said, Eddie, uh, uh, Empire Way began at Madison, but it's State Highway 900. He said they would have to put signs up on the freeway, and a lot of people are opposed to that. Uh, so we had, uh, that was the first march was the protest, the city not putting the signs up. That was in 1983. And uh, uh, it's been going on ever since then. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, on November 2nd, 1983, uh, uh, Ronald Reagan, well, one of the few things he did that I agree with, uh, designated the third Monday in 1986 to be the first official holiday for Martin Luther King Jr. Well, four weeks after that, on November 30th, the Washington State Supreme Court ruled that the city of Seattle had the authority to change the name of Empire Way to Martin Luther King Jr. Way. So we had to go all the way to state Supreme Court to get that done. There's a lot of protests. The Justice Department got involved. There are all kind of threats and stuff. As a matter of fact, uh, I had brothers around in my house, and some of them had just got out of, had been to Vietnam, and no telling what they had, but uh, our family was protected. Uh, we also had, you know, like I said, a bunch of threats and stuff like that. But that's just a little history on how everything got started, but it's so good. And I also want to give a shout-out to our chair, uh, Sade Moore, uh, who is ill? If she couldn't be, she couldn't be on today. I mean, I have the same stuff as her, but I'm a couple of days more advanced, so I'm not coughing during the program yet. Uh, I got a, a couple of uh, home remedies from some people, so hopefully I'll be ready by Saturday to go to the girlfriend's event. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, in terms of the workshops, do you have any idea at what has been approved this year for workshops? Oh, at our oh, thanks for saying that. Um, so at our last meeting, we did talk about the workshops. We were it, we were given a long list, but we haven't. Uh, generally, what we do is vote uh, closer to the date uh, of what will act literally be there. And we do want volunteers, though. So there is still time, even if people want to plug in, go to that website, SeattleMLKCoalition.org. You'll have information there to donate, don't, information to sign up for our email list and to sign up to volunteer. So we are talking about um, the workshops. We're organizing the food. We're organizing um, 
the the young folks, the vendors and the program. And there's still and more fundraising. So there's still plenty of room and time. We usually meet on Tuesday evenings, um, getting closer to the date of the events. We will start to meet every week. Um, it's been every other week so far, but pretty soon here, we're going to ramp it up, be meeting every week. We have a lot of decisions to make um, as far as the final programming and workshops and Opportunity Fair. Okay. Well, uh, Todd, I really do appreciate the work you've done. You did an outstanding job with the youth event on that 60th anniversary of the 63 March on Washington that was held at the Northwest African American Museum. That was Thank outstanding. You. And Matter of fact, I'm still working with DeMarlon Sisney, Wonderful. who I met through your efforts, and mm -hmm. outstanding young man. He has his own technology company, has clients around the world, and we also make sure that he and some of his engineers at the Opportunity Fair as well, so younger people can see some young faces who are succeeding and also uh, hopefully inspire them to pursue uh, a technology career as well. So, Tana, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, you stepping in for our, our ill chair, uh, Shade Moore. We wish her uh, quick health and because she got a lot of work to do. Uh, yeah. She's also the CEO of the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. Uh, that's uh, House Bill 1918 and 2019, sponsored by Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos, made that a reality because that building was ready to be torn down and sold to some developers uh, it was brought to Seattle by Reverend McKinney as the Seattle Opportunities Industrialization Center. That's why it was built to train us. But then when, once again, Ronald Reagan uh, took all the funding away from the manpower programs and said, the heck with us. And uh, so we're going to succeed anyway. So thank you, Tana. We really appreciate all the work you're doing. My pleasure. Thanks. Have a great day. All right. Everyone. Okay. Uh, my next guest is Bob Armstead. Uh, president of the Washington chapter of the National Association of Minority Contractors, which we'll refer to as NAMC. Uh, Bob, uh, our, our meeting, I'm also one of the co-founders of any Washington chapter, uh, has a meeting coming up next week, has some very interesting guests, and we might get some results through their actions, uh, prayerfully. So uh, welcome, Bob Armstead. So let us know what's up with NAMC. Uh, thank you much, uh, Eddie, for the uh, the opportunity. But before I start, uh, perhaps it would be good for you to give some examples of some of the workshops. I'm sure some of your audience that might not have attended before uh, would be interested in knowing the types of workshops. We'll have to get the next guest from MLK to do that. Uh, Tana's checked out on us already. So anyway, so uh, we'll have a list of them. They're voting on them right now. So we'll have something more concrete next week after they vote on which workshops will be acceptable. Okay, outstanding. Thanks again for the opportunity to um, discuss our meeting coming up next Thursday, December the 7th. Uh, it's December the 9th on your agenda, but it's actually December the 7th. Uh, the National Association of Minority Contractors is the oldest trade association for minorities and women in the United States. It was started in 1969 following uh, the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, the history of NAMAC uh, in Seattle precedes the actual uh, formal organization of the, uh, the association. Uh, as far back as 1967, uh, Eddie and other individuals here in Seattle 
at working relationships and contracts with the, uh, the two founders of the organization. Uh, we provide uh, assistance and uh, services for minorities and women in the construction industry, uh, contractors, suppliers, developers, uh, trainers, anyone that's in the construction industry, we provide advocacy for. Our meeting on December the 7th, we have two uh, presenters. Uh, the first presenters will be Michael Fong, who is the new director of the Washington State Department of Commerce. Uh, Michael uh, previously worked with us on issues as the regional administrator for the Small Business Administration. So he has background and experience in, in some of uh, our issues. Uh, it is very important for uh, your audience to have a chance to hear from Michael, uh, get introduced to Michael, uh, because the Department of Commerce is one of the largest state agencies that will be receiving funding under the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, uh, the Justice 40 Initiative, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, and other acts. We have been working with them primarily in the area of uh, energy. Uh, the Department of Commerce is funding most of their Infrastructure Act money uh, to the Department of Commerce directly to their energy division. And under that division, they have things like weatherization, uh, building improvements, uh, loans for uh, certain types of uh, development associated with energy efficiency. Uh, the amount of money is in the hundreds of millions of dollars. The types of programs are just about everything that you can imagine that has to do with energy efficiency and energy uh, buildup. So, contractors, uh, community uh, organizations and churches that have facilities uh, that need weatherization improvements, that need other types of improvements, should be very interested in hearing uh, from Michael about the many programs they have and the tremendous amount of money that's available to provide assistance to them. Our second uh, speakers will be from the Office of Federal Contract, Federal Contract Program. Uh, compliance, compliance. Yeah, compliance programs. Uh, thank you. Uh, it is an office that I have been familiar with um, for about 30 years, but all of my relationship and association with them had been uh, from and through Washington, D.C. I was not aware that they have uh, an office here in Seattle. Uh, so the district director for the Seattle and Portland office and also the assistant director for the Seattle and Portland offices will be the presenters. 
they will give us a presentation uh, regarding what it is they do. They're primarily involved with uh, providing contract compliance on federally funded projects, also with uh, affirmative action and employment. They have a specific charge uh, at this point for some mega programs that are coming into uh, Washington and Oregon, and they will discuss those programs and what possible uh, opportunities that there might be uh, for our communities and our firms. We have right now the most money that has been available for infrastructure type projects, including these energy ones that I discussed that Michael uh, Fong has oversight over, but also roads, freeways, you name it. Uh, since the interstate highway system was built back in the 50s, tremendous amounts of money, uh, seven or so billion dollars has come into uh, Washington State so far under those programs. Uh, we have not been able to determine uh, which of the state agencies that are receiving that funding has actually complied with the intent and purpose of those programs, which includes, and in many cases is specifically directed for our communities, uh, we have had contacts with our local uh, elected officials, uh, with people back in Washington, D.C. It is imperative that everyone in our community know about these programs. It is imperative that everyone request from their elected officials, uh, state and national, uh, information regarding how those funds are being spent. Uh, are they in fact being spent at the uh, level that's required in legislation in our communities? Are our companies and individual uh, being uh, given contract opportunities and being employed uh, as a result of that funding? Uh, this is a one in a lifetime opportunity uh, unfortunately, when the dollars are spent, they're spent. So we have to get involved and get to know where the dollars are going, who the agencies that are receiving those dollars are providing funding to, and who in fact are getting those contracts. Uh, so a lot of our meeting is directed toward that, and hopefully uh, we will be able to get some information from our speakers on the 7th. Access yeah, to know, our uh, meetings. But is, I was going to say that uh, uh, the district director is Lee Jones and the deputy director is uh, Quanda Evans. Yes. Uh, Eric Evans' best friend. And uh, it was, we had a very not constructive meeting with them. And I think that we have some people that's going to really help out. But I also want to mention that uh, on the front page of the Seattle Medium, uh, you might see an article now about the city uh, of Seattle's launching the Liberty Project to empower underrepresented businesses. So I would encourage people who are in business, thinking about business, or want to be an advocate for our businesses, to pick up a copy of the media and read that article. Uh, 
uh, one of the uh, uh, deputy, one of the assistants, uh, Deputy Mayor uh, Gerald Hankerson, uh, had said that this program was launched like a month ago or so. I don't know how long ago it was, but I'm glad that the media picked it up. And uh, thanks to Aaron Allen, Allen, dynamic reporter for the medium, has a nice article people need to read. If you're in business or thinking about going that way, I know that the numbers from the states have been very discouraging. When people see that Black businesses received 0.18% from the state in 2021, 0.22, it's very discouraging about, you know, somebody making an investment to go into business. But Bob, why don't you give people a website for NAMC WAH so they can get more information about the organization and the upcoming meeting? Yes, thank you, Eddie. Uh, the website uh, address is namcwa.com. Uh, on that website, there's information regarding uh, our Washington State chapter, uh, information on the origin of the national organization, uh, and access to the meeting that uh, we were just discussing on uh, December the 7th. In fact, at the top of the website is information that will direct uh, you to being able to access the meeting. Again, the website address is namcwa.com. Now, Bob, I got to ask you, uh, we made an effort uh, to bring uh, some uh, very discouraging news to the attention of uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland, uh, who doesn't seem to care a lot about whether or not Black businesses get uh, equity and fairness. Uh, he sent a racial discrimination complaint to the Department of Justice, Department of, of Transportation. And, uh, you know, if you have a racial discrimination, you think that Kristen Clark, the assistant or associate attorney general for civil rights, would have taken that up. I can't quite figure out why the Department of Justice will not look into complaints about discrimination specifically against African-Americans in the United States of America. Now, we got black folks all around the world. Uh, uh, defending everyone else's freedom, but we don't have the same freedom that they're fighting for someone else. We have people in the Mediterranean on ships. We have people in the South China Sea. We have people in all these foreign countries fighting and protecting other people's rights. But right now, our rights are under attack right here in the United States of America. So I just had to mention that because it's really a, con a contradiction and right, a lack of goodwill uh, to have the Attorney General Merrick Garland ignore racial discrimination complaints that come to him specifically about economic justice because that determines if someone is going to send their kid to college be able to buy a home or live a quality life so bob thank you very much and to make sure people check that website namcwa.com uh to get that information and also uh to log into the meeting on the 7th i put the wrong date up there but the 7th uh, of uh, uh, that's next Thursday at uh, uh, is it uh, five to six thirty? Correct. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, thank you, Bob. We appreciate it. We're gonna take a break and come back with uh, Clarence Gunn, the president of Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion, uh, to hear what they're doing. And I know they have a meeting coming up on Monday. So, Eric, let's take this break and come back with Mr. Clarence after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. 
The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seatacshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. When you hear that song, you know Christmas has officially started. When you hear Charles Brown saying, please be home for Christmas. My next guest is Clarence Gunn, president of Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion. Uh, They have a big meeting coming up uh, on Monday, and you get more information so, Clarence, give our listeners an overview of what's happening with DDI. But you got to get, you have to unmute yourself, brother. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> After three years of doing this, I still don't get it right. Anyway, thank you so much, sir, for uh, inviting me and uh, um, giving us an opportunity to talk about some of the work of DDI. Uh, it's been a busy uh, period of time here these last uh, several years. Uh, well, we just finished an election cycle. DDI was very involved in um, hosting a number of, uh, working with some of our partner organizations to host candidate forums. And DDI personally, as an organization rather, uh, endorsed a number of candidates and uh, a good number of them, over 80%, I forget the exact percentage, but uh, over 80% of them were successful in their uh, bid uh, for election. So now the hard work comes, we're going to be following up with them and holding their feet to the fire for some of the promises they made and commitments that, uh, uh, were expressed during their campaign. So, um, DDI, Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion, basically it's an organization that's designed to help make sure that minority communities, diverse communities, voices are heard, that we're organized and mobilized and involved at the grassroots level in the Democratic Party and with the elected officials at every level of government, whether it's the city council, county council, state, congressional um, conservation district, et cetera, you know, to make sure hospital districts, et cetera, you know, to make sure that the needs and concerns of minority communities are heard. You go to Democratic Party meetings and it's Unfortunately, there aren't very many people of color in those rooms. And so the issues that impact our communities are just not um, heard and expressed on a regular basis. So that's our goal is to to try and make sure that activists, um, community leaders in in their neighborhood speak up and force uh, elected officials at those different levels of government and, and agencies 
to address the issues and concerns you know, that are important to them. Obviously, top of the list is democracy and voucher, diversity and, and, uh, and inclusion, excuse me, uh, diversity and inclusion uh, to make sure that uh, we're involved in the Democratic Party as they make endorsements, as they make uh, appointments, as they prepare their legislative platforms, as they uh, assist uh, various candidates for office. We want to be in that room at, at all levels, at the legislative district level, at the county level, at the state level, at the congressional level, and obviously at the national level. So that's some of the work that DDI is doing. We have a meeting this coming Monday, that's December the 4th at 7 p.m., and you can find the link on the DDI Facebook page. Uh, it's just uh, facebook.com slash Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion. You have to write it all out. Um but we'll have the, uh, the the link there and you'll be able to, to find out what's going on. But we've got uh, Gabriel Prawl coming uh, from the A. Philip Randolph Institute. And he's gonna be talking about uh, African-American Legislative Day. It's in February, February the 19th. So we're already thinking about you know those kinds of things and partnering with his group and, and other partners uh, to make sure that we make an impact when we go down to Olympia this year because this is an election year and people want to get reelected. So they're going to do something or they may not do anything because they don't want to get it. They don't want to rock the boat. But we need to make sure the issues that are important to us are addressed and dealt with at, at the legislature. And in regard to that, we've got state representative David Hackney from the Renton area, the le uh, 11th legislative district. He'll be coming to speak to us about the um, legislative black caucus and uh, some of the successes and challenges that they faced last year in terms of uh, specific bills and legislation, as well as giving us a preview of what's coming up. Legislative session starts early January, and we need to know what's happening so we can get down there and, and start making sure that things happen via committees and work with our local legislators to make sure that they are supportive of that, the, those kinds of bills. And... Um, you know, we can get them passed, um, you know, this year, hopefully. So we've got, uh, like I said, Gabriel Prawl coming about African-American Legislative Day. We've got uh, Representative Hackney coming to talk about the legislative session and the Legislative Black Caucus. And we've been very fortunate. Jeez, uh, when I first got here in 2003, there were only three or four Blacks in the state legislature. Now they're what is it, 16, <laughs> something like that. I forgot the, the last vote just uh, this November. Uh, but but there are a number of them and a number of minorities, you know, American Indian, Hispanic, Asian, et cetera. And there is a minority legislative caucus as well. So working with those two groups to be able to make some changes um, you know, at, at multiple levels because a lot of those concerns are, are consistent. We'll also be talking about you know, some other activities, um, there's, uh, this is an election year, 2024 is an election year, presidential election year, and there are whole kinds of processes and whatnot involved in terms of selecting the party's nominee, uh, becoming a delegate to the Democratic National Convention, making sure that the endorsement process is properly followed, that we're in the room when the party at the legislative district level, at the county level, and the state level, that we're in the room to make sure that minority candidates are given a fair shot. 
you know, and, and, and have an opportunity to be, you know, really truly considered, you know, for those positions and be given the support and resources in order to be successful in their campaign. A lot of times there's lip service and whatever, and then the money goes and the staff goes in other directions. So we're uh, fighting to, to change those kinds of things. We're informing our members Monday night about, you know, some of those key dates uh, for the presidential primaries and delegate selections and all of those kinds of things, as well as um, preparing the platform, et cetera, for the uh, Democratic National Party uh, as we prepare. And then, of course, in May, uh, you know, it's the filing period and people will be filing for office. Uh, there are already some 26 people that have filed for governor, uh, five people that are running for um, was a commissioner of public lands. I, I didn't I don't have the entire list of all the executive offices, but uh, insurance, commerce, treasury, you know, all of those kinds of departments, secretary of state, et cetera. Uh, you know, are all up for election. And we need to make sure that the candidates that are running for those offices understand what's important to our communities and that they, uh, you know, commit to certain things. And then, of course, like I said, we follow up after uh, their election. So and that's just kind of the short version of it. Before we go, can you give people the information on the website again so they can get access to uh, the information about the meeting on Monday night? Sure. It's uh, the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion. All right. We'll get you there. Well, thanks much. Uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have, like I said, Representative Hackney and Gabriel Prawl and some folks from the Democratic National Committee. So it's going to be interesting. Okay. Hope everybody well, comes. I hope they review those numbers from the state about how poorly uh, minorities and African Americans are doing. Haven't really heard much from the Black Legislative Caucus about the 0 0.18 or the 0 0.22. And the 0 0.22 was after Governor Inslee signed an executive order in January of 2022. At the end of the year, we went from 0 0.18 to 0 0.22. So, Clarence, thanks very much. I'm going to tune in on on uh, Tuesday, and I'll get you Bob Armstead's information so you guys can collaborate as well. Okay, uh, yeah, it's Monday when night. You, when you have that coalition, <laughs> you have that coalition, you have the strength. So thanks very yeah. much. Guys. I appreciate right. you. Thank you. Okay. okay, my next guest is John Glenn with Seattle King County Workforce Development. He's one of the leaders there. He's also one of the leaders in the Seattle Martin Luther King Jr. County Organizing Coalition's uh, Opportunity Fair. Uh, so John has a lot of experience. He does it every day. And I've heard nothing but good things about the work he's been doing. So John, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. For the first time, you will be back. Uh, I want you to let uh, our listeners know where we are with the Opportunity Fair. Yeah, thank you. Uh, appreciate it. And humbly welcome here and lucky enough to represent the actual event. It's not me. There's an engine behind me that helps put this thing together. So I want to acknowledge that that team. So yeah, a little bit about the, the Opportunity Fair. We're changing it up uh, just a, a little bit this year, but the core is still there. Uh, I've been lucky enough to be part of it since uh, 2017. Um, and COVID put a little bit of a wrench for a couple of years, but we're back in you know, full strength. So, you know, uh, the core of it is is from about 8.30 to 11.30, we're, we're bringing in to where people can come in and get the full gamut of, of workforce support. So there will be a resume room, uh, just like in years past, uh, led by our partners at the Urban League, have printers, laptops, be able to help people out, and also 
volunteers in there to help with resume review. We'll also have an interview section. Uh, and again, it's at Garfield High School. And we'll have an interview section because a, a core is this is that's great that we have uh, business partners that come, but we want to be able to have that space where they're offered opportunities on the site uh, and, and not just, uh, you know, go to our website. We really want to to make it um, uh, for our employers that are coming to that event to be able to talk to the people. So kind of a, a, a change to it is um, there's there's about three different components. There's about 50 vendor booths that will be there. And the employer slash business piece will have our large business partners that are engaged in the community. That will also be both public and private. That's your invites that have been sent out to the Alaska Airlines, the ports of Seattle and others. But we also want a component of small business because historically small businesses within the central business district area or with SCA, they kind of get left out of these events. So we want to be able to highlight them. They have needs too. And so I've been working with some of the small businesses and uh, sending out some invites because we want to be able to promote small minority owned businesses, but they have business needs too. And typically they can't come to these settings because they have to either shut down for the day or other. So we want to be able to offer them that space too. So there'll, there'll be um, opportunities uh, that we've sent invites to. The other two pieces, again, that's the employer piece or business piece. We also will have service providers there that, that will be able to help individuals that are looking for different pathways for some other opportunities. That is organizations like the United Negro College Fund, Centro de la Raza, um, YWCA, Boys and Girls Club, others. And then the other component is actual training partners. And that term is apprenticeship pathways. As we know that we really need, those are great, great pathways that you know we really are trying to highlight more as a workforce development council. They're great opportunities. So we have had them in the past, but we're trying to expand them a little bit more. Um, again, you know, Machinist Union, Northwest Carpenters Institute, others that can talk about those apprenticeship pathways. Um, so that's kind of the three components um, in, in the makeup of the room. Um, so hopefully that kind of hits at the core of it. John, do you have, uh, I know a couple of years ago, uh, well, actually, when this started, hey, whatever it is that I discussed, uh, you know, we come to the march and rally, we feel good for that day, but a lot of people come into the march and rally also need opportunities. And yep. we said it would be a perfect time to have these to have this opportunity fair. Uh, some of it will be uh, going along along with the workshops, but yes. it will be by the time the rally and the march and all that stuff happens. But uh, uh, do you have any like any numbers in the past? I know like two or three years ago, like 78 people got jobs right on the spot. Uh, I think that's the number. And then I know a lot of other people got interviews after the fact. And some of the uh, employers were hiring right on the spot. Can you talk about that for a minute? Absolutely, sir. Yeah, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I'm happy to be prepared in another time. I, I do have the data um, for for the two areas you're talking about as far as offered opportunities. And then the second piece, we call it pending to where they're able to speak to them and hopefully that next level. So uh, I can provide those numbers that we've we've carried those numbers from again, 17, 2018, 2019. So, um, but yes, that is the goal. Part of the invite to the business community is they have to have um, committed to be able to talk to people about those opportunities and committed to an interview process. Again, 
so many times we've had job fairs, people are there, they have a flyer, go to our website, have a great day. We want employers that are committed to, to the quality job process and be able to speak to people. So John, you do this every day. Why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about uh, what you do and about uh, the, uh, the King, Seattle King County uh, workforce? Uh, yeah, not a problem. So the Workforce Development Council of Seattle King County is, uh, they're the grant writing agency or the, the median for King County. Um, and then but there's a program within within that called the Business Services Program. So what we're here to do, they also, the Workforce Development Council oversees the WorkSource system um, here in, in King County. A lot of people confuse WorkSource with being an organization or an entity. It is not. It's a consortium of partners from government, education, and community-based organizations, actually throughout the state. But in King County, the Workforce Development Council oversees them. So there's a lot of tools, programs, and resources that we speak to businesses about that are available to them. Um, and so, and part of that is um, built around our underserved communities and, and helping those individuals. That's, that's, that's what it was built for. It's called the one-stop system. President Obama signed the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act. Um, and that's what it was, is putting these uh, organizations into one place so that job seekers can come to one place for those services. And again, business at the core is to also get them to engage in that system. So again, there's job boards, there's tax programs, but one of the big things is putting the community in front of business. And so that's a, a multitude of partners in the system that do that. Everything from Employment Security Department, Goodwill, they're all part of the system, 10 community colleges, but then we are lucky enough as the Workforce Development Council team to come and bring larger uh, job fairs together or career opportunities like the Martin Luther King Day. We also do a South Seattle in the SeaTac area, the East Side. So we try to bring the Chambers of Commerce, the economic development, and the municipalities together again around this type of format, around a uh, educational piece where people can come learn about opportunities and also providing those opportunities to those underrepresented communities. So hopefully yeah. that kind of makes sense, Eddie. Exactly. Now, the uh, director over the whole thing is Marie Carosa, correct? That is correct. She is the CEO of the Workforce Development Council. I've been knowing the family forever. So and I'm glad that uh, to see that uh, Marie is on top of it. Now, you also mentioned who uh, we have a couple more minutes. I want to find out a shout out to some of the people you're working with on the committee. Yes, please. Yeah, we've got our, our community engagement person is uh, Leslie Patton. She's she's taking care of uh, that resume room piece and and helping with some of the service provider and training partner invites. And then uh, uh, Marlene Monterosa, she's taking care of our uh, actual invites to all the employers and handling that piece. And she's kind of the engine back behind us. Uh, really in charge of our like other events like South Seattle and, and others. But she's that liaison to help with our business connections um, to, to have those relationships. And where can people get information? Let's get, first of all, get information about you and people that want information about this. I can't, I need a job right now, a training right now. I can't wait to January 15th. Where, <laughs> where can they go to get that information like right now? Yeah, to kind of put it at a higher level. So WorkSource Seattle King County, there is a, a website, WorkSourceSKC.org. Uh, there is a, a website there. On there, you'll see a link for businesses. You'll see a link for um, job seekers. And then you'll see all the community partners, uh, government, education, that are all part of the WorkSource system. 
Um, and there's uh, a process through there if you're a job seeker and you have additional needs, there's a, an informational form. You can seek information from there. The business side too, that's the side that I handle that also comes in if there's questions about that and, and helping with those opportunities. So that's that's the work source system and that's that's the best place to go. John, thank you very much for all the work. And I should know too, you can go to a physical location. There's two centers and there's uh, five affiliates. Okay. But it's on the website too. Well, John Glenn, thank you very much for all the work you're doing to help uplift people that, that have uh, uh, needs of uh, employment and training opportunities. Really appreciate you taking the lead on opportunity fair as well, because uh, a lot of folks do need to have some opportunities and some encouragement, and you offer both. So thank you very much, John. We appreciate you. Thank you, Eddie. Appreciate it. Okay. Eric, we're going to take this last break and come back with Sister Jeslyn uh, A. Hall Head from uh, A Sound of the Northwest. So we'll take the break and come right back. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for Sound Transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to SoundTransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. All right, you're right back with James Brown in the background. But I do want to say that uh, this week in uh, the Facts newspaper, there is an article about Steve Poole, who passed away recently, and also uh, my friend uh, Bishop Reggie Witherspoon uh, from Church of God in Christ are having Danielle Damon and Greater Works. Uh, they're doing a Christmas event on Saturday, December 2nd at New Hope Baptist Church. And it will be starting at 2 o'clock p.m. You get that information uh, on the Facts newspaper. I want to thank uh, uh, the City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Department, uh, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity and Inclusion, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. My next guest is Jeslyn Head. And uh, Jeslyn is uh, uh, with the Sound of the Northwest. They have an event coming up. Uh, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest again, Ms. Jeslyn. Uh, why don't you share with our listeners what people can expect at First AME? It's so good to be here with you this afternoon on sun, on Saturday, the 9th of December. The Sound of the Northwest will be presenting in an Advent and Christmas celebration. A welcome to the season. 
Siahamba is what it's called, and it's going to be a glorious celebration joining the African-American community with the African community. We have several guest artists from uh, the African-American community as well from the African community, as well as um, a bevy of guest artists. Mona Lake Jones will be giving the spoken word uh, as a poet laureate from the state of Washington. Uh, we will be joined by a Jose Vinquez, who will be doing Latin opera. We will be joined by the Christ-Centered Fellowship Church, a Libyan group out of Seattle. Uh, Vanya Bynum will be doing dancing. And there is a an African percussionist group, uh, Ayamba Marimba, who will be joining us and doing uh, percussion work. It's just going to be a very glorious celebration. The Sound of the Northwest, the host choir. And if you can believe that we have been in operation for 35 years under the dynamic leadership of our emeritus director, the great Juan Huey Ray, and then subsequently by our artistic director of late, Miss Vanessa Bruce. We will now be guided by a guest conductor, Elias Bullock. Many of you are familiar with him. He has been an outstanding uh, music director from uh, the church that he served for some 20 years. And so we are looking forward just to a wonderful celebration. We will start with African cuisine uh, in the first AME Church Fellowship Hall at 4 p.m. We will move then to the sanctuary at 5 p.m. for this glorious concert. I know that you will be there, Eddie. We are hoping that all of your listening audience will also come out. It is free of charge. We have several senior citizens who will be joining us. We are having several young people from area schools and particularly the first AME Sunday School who will be joining us. And we hope that all of your listeners will come out and hear this glorious music. We will be led again by the Sound of the Northwest Choir who will be doing Sia Umba and other Christmas carols. And we are asking the audience to join in with those songs. It's just gonna be a glorious, glorious time. And it wouldn't be that glorious without you, all of you being present as well. That will be on Saturday, December the 9th, beginning at 4 p.m. at First AME Church, uh, overflow parking will be available in the Mount Zion parking lot, and there will be a shuttle to take folk back and forth from there in case they're worried about walking in the dark. <laughs> by the time we're done, we are finished. but And that will be by 6.30. We will be done by 6.30. So you can still get your Christmas shopping done. Uh, do other things that you normally would do on a Saturday evening, but get it started. We encourage you at First AME Church, 
the sound of the Northwest in an Advent and Christmas celebration in joining our entire community. It's going to be wonderful. Is there a website where people can access additional information? Yes, there is. And I am embarrassed to know that I don't know (laughs) where that is. I will call back and give it to you, Eddie, and you can announce it. But it's on the website of the Sound of the Northwest. Okay, because we have another Thursday before uh, the actual event. And Bob, that's why I had the ninth down on your meeting, which is the seventh, because I'm thinking about the seventh, the fourth, and so I goofed up and put the wrong date down. I apologize, everybody, for that. Also, I want to let everybody know that um, Shadi Moore, the chair of the Seattle King County Martin Luther King Jr. Organizing Coalition, was going to be on, but she came down with the same stuff I think I have as going around. So I want, <laughs> want to thank Tano Yasu for stepping in, uh, the treasurer for the organization. Uh, to keep the information flowing. I want to thank John as well for sharing information about the Opportunity Fair. I want to thank Clarence Gunn. they be meeting the Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion will be meeting on Monday, which is the 4th. And that time, what time is that meeting, Clarence? At 6 o'clock? Well, you're, you're still muted, brother. I know you, I asked you to mute. <laughs> muted myself while I was listening well, to everybody else. To do it, so um, anyway. No, our meeting starts at 7 p.m. We, you know, come in the mic. All right. Well, I appreciate it. No, we started, we started 7 and we're done right around 9. Okay, that's great. And then uh, Bob uh, is next Thursday and we'll give a shout out. And uh, John, I want to thank you as well for all the work you're doing. And we'll have other people from the uh, Opportunity Fair on every week as well, along with people from the MLK Committee. And uh, I will put that website uh, underneath your picture, Ms. Jeslin, on Facebook today so that people will know how to get additional information and uh, get any anything else they need. So I want to thank you, Bob Armstead. Your meeting is next Thursday, not on the 9th, but on the 7th from, uh, from 5 to 6.30. And the website for the National Association of Minority Contractors is namcwa.com. Uh, people who are interested in the going into business need to do that. So my time is up today. I want to thank you, Ms. Jeslin, for all the work you're doing. Thank Thank you, you. and I'll talk to everybody again next Thursday. 